0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. There you go. We're all prayed out now, aren't we? All ready to go. Um. I want you to turn in your Bible, if you would, or on the app on your phone, if you've got it. I'd love you to turn this up in uh, Exodus 32. Exodus 32. Um, I'm going to read the first eight verses of Exodus 32. If you want to follow on, I hope you've got a Bible. If you have a Bible, it's good to bring it to church. It's good to scribble on it. I know you can make notes in your phone as well. Nothing beats leather and paper, but so sorry, I'm just old-fashioned. But. Let's read the first eight verses. Um, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, up, come on, up. Set about long enough, up. This is the command of the people. Make us gods who shall go before us. As for Moses, the man who brought us up out of um, this Moses, this Moses. This is their leader. Um, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of the gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron, and he received the gold from their hand. Interesting. We'll look at that in a moment or two. He received the gold from their hand, so they reached it to him, all right? And he fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. You'd have thought he'd have more sense, wouldn't you? And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast of the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to to pray or to play. And the Lord said to Moses, go down for your people whom, your people, interesting, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves and they've turned aside and quickly out of the way which I commanded them, they've made for them a golden calf and they've worshiped it and sacrificed to it and said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. God, we offer this word to you. We thank you that as we read it, we we pray a blessing upon the proclamation of it. We pray, God, that you would just uh, instill it to each of our hearts, we pray, and minister to us through it. God, we don't handle your word lightly, so we ask you, Father, just to give us the wisdom to do that well, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Moses had went up the mountain for a period of time, and um, he had sort of disappeared, hadn't come back for 30 days, and the thought he's not going to come back. He's away for such a long time, it's been a month or a month and a half or whatever it was. And, um, and what we want to do is we sort of finish off, we've been looking at following Jesus in all of life, and next Sunday morning what we're going to do, we're going to go into a little summer series, and the summer series is going to be on the book of John And so Dave and I are going to take you through to the the book of John through the summer. We revert back into our discipleship series in the autumn, but over the summer months. So trying to bring it to some kind of a landing this morning to challenge all of our hearts. I have a question for us all this morning, and my question is on the board, um, and my basic question is, how's your heart? How's your heart? Because this is interesting that we, um, as we start to look at summer, take our... Uh, and as we take our, our our foot off the pedal a little bit, trying to slow down, I want to challenge you a little bit this morning, all right? Children of Israel had witnessed God like no other people ever alive. They were uh, God had delivered them out of Egypt. He had, they had witnessed the plagues against the disobedient Egyptians. They had witnessed all this. They had literally saw God reach with His hand into a foreign land and snatch them out of slavery. So much so that when they came out of slavery, they came out with so much, they came out with gold and silver and precious stones and what had actually happened was the the Egyptians just wanted rid of them and they just give them everything. They just said, get out, get out here, take all that we have. And so they walked out of a land of, of slavery with we would say loaded. God had literally blown open a sea before their very eyes for them to walk across in dry ground And then when the enemy had tried to follow them through, God had come and crashed upon their enemy and totally obliterated their enemy before their very eyes. He was followed them. He he led them by a cloud by day. So this cloud would appear by day. And when nighttime started to fall, this cloud would turn into a pillar of fire. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And if that wasn't enough, when this cloud moved and when this fire moved, they moved. When it stayed, they stayed. If that wasn't enough, he made them fresh bread every single day from heaven's bakery. This wasn't soda bread. This wasn't potato bread or sourdough. This wasn't even conference bread. Who knows what conference bread is? Come on. Um, good old, we used to call it brethren loaf. Some of has called it Baptist bread. Current loaf. This was, this was straight from, this was bread from heaven. This was like me going to my granny's on a Friday. My granny used to make soda bread, and I would wait for it coming out of the oven, and I would take it when it was warm, and she would, man, she could butter. She, uh, she uh, like, you know, butter with a spatula? You know, that's where it's like cheese. And, oh, man, this was bread. This was, the, God's leading them. He's providing for them. He's walking with them. Some of the greatest miracles in all of Scripture are in this story, this, this story. But still, with all of that going on at the first service, really? Man. <laughs> uh, we'll get through it, don't worry. We'll get through it. Um, this group of people, in the middle of all of the moving of God, they get frustrated with God's timing. They get so frustrated with God's timing. Hands up, anybody in here who ever got frustrated with God's timing? Anybody? Oh, yeah, good, good. I'm not my own. We get frustrated whenever our watch and God's watch don't synchronize. Whenever it seems that they're... they're, And your prayer requests, prayer commands, whatever you would call them, you know, like it now, God, when they they just don't match up, you wrote them in your journal. Some of them have wrote you in your journal and you've you've even, some of the artistic ones, you've drew a little bit of fanciness around it. You put a date to it, but it was last year's journal. Or maybe it was the year before's journal. Some of you even forgot that you journaled it at all because it just hasn't come to be. What happens when, when God doesn't respond like we think we should? What happens when God goes off our script? What happens when God doesn't do what we tell him to do? What happens when God does his own thing? Let me tell you what happens. I'll tell you what we do. We do exactly, we do exactly the same as what the Israelites do. We replace them. We replace them. I, I bought a DVD player a couple of years ago and I, I paid the vast sum of twenty-eight pounds for a little DVD player. And uh, um, used to those things used to cost hundreds of pounds, but twenty-eight quid. And the young lad in Curry said to me, whenever I went to pay him for it, he said to me, "Would you like to take out a five-year insurance policy at thirty pounds?" I went, "Let me think about it." No, um, like it's like because why? Because it's easily replaced. This is what we do today we either replace it or we dispose of it that's what we do and here they said to Aaron give us a God that we can push around give us a God that we can we we, we can have on our own terms a God that we can control see getting the Children of Israel out of Egypt was one thing. Getting Egypt out of them was going to be another thing. And here they go into default mode. They go into the, the mode of reverting back to the idolatrous ways of Egypt and at the expense of one who set them free from it all, they just go back to the old thing. Now, what do you do? What do you do when the old cravings and idols call? What do you do when 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 you're out of Egypt but there's still some of Egypt in you. What do you do? How do we handle this? How do we cope with it? How, when your hand reaches out to it again, when you, when you, when you think you never would, when your hard attitude goes back to an old hardened attitude, when an addiction creeps back in at you, what do you do? That's the big question, isn't it? What do we do? It says they took, they took they took the earrings, they took the gold, and they reached it. They reached it to Aaron. They reached it with their hands. I want to suggest to you that um, before they actually reached it with their hand, they'd actually reached it with their heart. That's why my question is this morning, how's your heart? You see, in, in all sense and purposes, they had a trapped heart.
1: Their heart has got trapped.
0: There. And we need to challenge our hearts today because we just don't need to speak to the hands today. We need to speak to the hearts because, because we need to challenge the hearts. As we take the, the pedal, as we take the, the sort of foot off the pedal coming into summertime, we need to challenge because idolatry lives in the heart. This is where it abides, it's where, and, and, and it's in your heart where you decide what you're going to do or not, because our hearts are designed for worship. It's sort of the abundance of the heart, even the very mouth speaks, the Bible tells us. So it is birthed in our hearts, so it's important, whether you're a Protestant, whether you're a Catholic, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Hindu, whether you're an atheist or not, your heart is designed to worship, we're all created in the image of God. That's why the seven gifts in Romans 12 actually aren't even for just believers, because every person is born in the image of God, and so we carry those images. And so this here's the, and here's the thing: here's the thing. If your heart doesn't worship the real thing, it'll worship anything. If it doesn't attach itself to the real thing, it will attach itself to anything, because our heart is made for attachment. So it'll attach itself to a relationship. It'll attach itself to your kids. It'll attach yourself to identity. It'll attach to an addiction. It will attach to anything that will feed it. That's what your heart is. Bible says this, our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know them? Now, I'm not beating you up this morning. I'm just saying, when, when your hands are doing it, your heart has already done it. When your hands are doing it, your heart has already done it. It's already decided in here. And so as we run into this summer mode, I want to challenge this, including my heart as well. What is your heart worshiping? What are you worshiping this morning? What do you think about most as your day goes by? What is the thing that, that lands mostly in your mind? Because our hearts will bow at all kinds of altars and, 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 and it's designed to worship, you see. And it needs led to the proper altar. Your heart needs led to the proper altar to bow before because it needs connected to the right source. Now, um, I brought a set of jump leads. This is a real set. You could tow a car with these jump leads. And uh, in, in 1991, I bought an Opel Senator, three-litre Opel Senator. Man, it was a great car. It was new to me. The problem was it was made in 1974. Now, you can do the mass. all right? And that thing needed these. You ever have a car... Do you ever have a car that enhanced your prayer life greatly, but actually challenged your temper all the more? And you had this sort of paradoxy thing going on where you got cross and lost your temper at the car, and you, oh, God, please, 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 can you get this car to go? Like it's it's kind of this sort of oxymoron type of thing going on. And so, and then after it was sold, I bought a, I, 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 I bought that car for six hundred pound off a farmer in Ords. And then after it sort of died a death, I bought a. I bought an old BX19 Citroen, and when I bought it, there was 220,000 miles on it when I bought it, and um, the guy had looked after it, the guy had looked after it really well, but when I got that thing, it just started to fall apart, and, then, and so much so, I got two keys, so what would happen was I would, I would what, what you do with a jump lead, you see, what you do is you connect it to a stronger source. So, when, you're, when your battery's flat, you connect your battery to a stronger battery. You ever do it? And then you, you get into your car and you go, click, 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 click. And then you say, if you know anything about cars, say, rev the engine up a little bit, rev the engine up, send more power my way. And you and then you go, no, hold on a minute, you need more power. And so, this idea is you're clicking into a source that's stronger than you. And, and, and so my car, what I, what I would do, I got two keys. I would, I would jump start it in the morning. I'd just leave it going all day. And so I'd go to the shop sometimes and somebody would, hey mister, your car's running. I had two keys. You see, I could get out, leave the car running and lock it. <laughs> I was, Don't worry, don't worry. It's locked. It's okay. But, but, <laughs> you ever have a car like that? So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. My question is, what are you connecting to? Because our hearts will connect to something. They'll connect to something. And if they don't connect to the real thing, back again I say, they'll connect to anything. And we need something that will actually jumpstart us, something that will become our source, something that will lead us and, 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 and lead us into, and your heart is connected. If your heart is connected to an insufficient source, it won't save you, you say. It will enslave you. It won't save you. It'll enslave you, and and it becomes uh, the, the very place where you're destined to be. All becomes fudged, all right, because you need connected, and that's why you need to become a self-feeder. That's why. If you're just depending on this service once a week to fill you, it's great to come and get filled with the Word and enjoy worship, but unless you're doing that daily, what happens is you try to, if you're you're not connecting to this, if you're not connecting to the real thing, what happens is you connect to anything, and so you connect to a relationship. And the problem is when we connect to a relationship, we end up destroying it. Because we actually try to get from that relationship what we should be getting from God. And we end up destroying it. Because you can't get from a person, no matter how good your marriage is, no matter how lovely your boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever is going on, you cannot get from the heavenly source. You can't not get from them what's designed, what you're designed to get from God. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. If it's alcohol or if it's food, something like that, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get something out of a beer or, or out of a hamburger or a bar of chocolate. It's just never going to fulfill you. It's just numbing you out. It's not doing it, it's not, you're not going to get you close, you see, if you lock into the wrong desires, then you just become enslaved, and Jesus came to set you free, and so if you're plugging into the wrong source, you've got a trapped heart. Here's what happens, if you don't deal with a trapped heart, you, you, you get an entangled heart. Your heart becomes entangled. Now, the, the devil's a deceiver. When we're introduced to him in Genesis 3, he's deceiving. He, he, we're introduced to him, saying to Eve, has God said... What's he doing? He's introducing, he's introducing Eve to something up to that moment in time she wouldn't have known anything about. Scarcity. She's in, he's introducing her to scarcity. He's saying, "You see, God's shortchanging you a little bit. God's good and He's given you a lot, but but you see, what he what he what he knows is if you eat of that fruit, then what happens is you will step over a threshold and you'll become as good as him, and he doesn't want you to do that." And so what he does is he's, 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 and these people did just that. They built a golden cow and they start calling it God. They start calling. Imagine they called this God. Here, here's here, this, this thing here. Like for dear sex, it's a cow. You know, and they begin to call this Yahweh. They're saying, this is Yahweh. This is the God that brought us out. This isn't Yahweh. This is your way. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, that's good. This isn't this isn't Yahweh. This is your way. And how can you how can you think God is something that has your fingerprints all over? How can you think God is something that that you made? How how would you ever think that? Come on, catch yourself on. And here's the thing: the greatest curse of our day, the greatest curse of our day, is where Satan has created an anemic view of Scripture, and people pick out little bits that they like and they interpret them to suit their lifestyles. That's the greatest curse of our day. Now, I've I've lost count of how many people say to me about Jesus turning water into wine to actually make them drinking okay. Now, if you take a beer or a glass of wine, I have no issue with that at all, all right? Um, But if you use that scripture as an excuse to stumble into your bed not knowing what end he is up, then I do have an issue with that. And the Bible has a serious issue with it. And so, don't you dare use Scripture like that. It's a total deception, and you can't pick and choose. And so I hear people saying, oh, that's old covenant. And the hyper-grace movement will say that. And the hyper-grace movement is dangerous. Now, I believe in grace. Grace is my fuel to live on. I burn more grace than everybody in this church, because I need it. I need grace to live by like I needed it to get saved by. I need it to live by. But if we if we just go into a hyper-grace movement that we actually think we can live any way we want, and God, of course, we're sin abounds, grace much more abounds, and we take that passage totally out of context, and we can say, well, we can live in sin, we can do all that we want. That is so wrong. That's so wrong. And, because and, you see, the Bible says Jesus actually came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. And, if you want another wee argument, Moses and Elijah appeared with him in the Mount of Transfiguration, who was who who Elijah, who was who overruled the prophets, and Moses, who corresponded to the law, the two people who actually failed to accomplish fulfillment in their two areas appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, who was going to fulfill both. He fulfilled, he totally fulfilled the law and the prophets. It's, it's, it's incredible when you when you do this. So it's, my, my little take in this, it's like a child. It's like a child asking, any, any of your kids ever play you where they ask mom and mom says no and they ask dad and dad says yes? Any, any of the rest of your kids do that? Good. Oh, thank you. So, um, so what happens is, and then they're outside and mom says, I told you not to go outside. And he say, well, I asked dad. It's always dad, isn't it? I asked dad and, and he said it was okay. Well, that's, that's what we do with the old covenant and the new covenant. Because that kid knows, as well as you know, that if you got those two parents in the same room, at the same time, the story would be different. They would unite and they would come together and they say, no, you're not doing it. Or yes, you are doing it. But the kid knows to play the two. And sometimes I find people do this with the old covenant and the new covenant. And they try, to, they try to, well, that's old covenant. That really doesn't align to me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can't jump in and out of covenants. If you take the God of the Old Testament and you align him with the Jesus of the New Testament, you will get the same result. They will both align and they will point you in the direction of holiness. They will point you in the direction of righteousness. They will point you in the direction of destiny and of purpose for your life. You can't play them off one another. Now, do you want me to tell you how to recognize deception? Here's how you can recognize deception in your life. When the end result is that you have the advantage of more control. That's how you'll recognize deception. When the end result is that you have the advantage of more control. Let's build a golden calf. Let's push this thing around. Let's not wait in this silly cloud to move the day. We can go whenever we want. Let's not worry about that that pillar of of, of fire moving at three o'clock in the morning. Who wants to move at three o'clock in the morning? Let's sleep. We'll move at our own time not bread. Let's go for our Ulster fry forget about that silly bread. This is, this is this thing where we're, we 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 we, did, did he really say, did God really say that sex outside of marriage is wrong? Did he, did he really say that? Or did he, is it okay that if we're sort of aligned to one another and we're going to, we know we're going to marry, so it's okay did God really say that wine is a mocker and strong drink is outrageous and whoever is deceived by it is not wise? Did God really say that? See, this is what happens. And you've got to read what it says. You've got to do what it says. You don't have to like it all. You don't have to like it. Like, for instance, um, for instance, if, 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 if you don't, well, I'm really struggling to forgive that person. I, I, God, I just really struggling to forgive. Oh, wait, wait. So if I don't forgive them... You can't forgive me. Oh, that changes things. Okay, I better forgive. You don't have to like it all. You just have to obey it. This is something, this is something you can't pick and choose. You see, we've been given right to the book, but we didn't write the book. We've been given the right to the book, but we didn't write it and we don't need to rewrite it either. And so don't be afraid to question the Bible. Like Zechariah was one of the youngest of the 17 prophets mentioned in the Old Testament. And Zechariah is full of questions. Every time you read, every time God shows Zechariah a picture, he just says, God, what does that mean? What does that mean? What meanest thou this? if you're reading the authorized, but, but here's the thing. You, you, you need to wrestle with it, all right? You need to wrestle with it. Like for instance, when, when you read 1 John, the epistle of John, and he tells us to hate the world, and then you read John 3, 16, and it says, God so loved the world. What does that mean? God, one minute you're telling us to hate the world, the next minute you're telling us you love the world. See, you've got to wrestle with the text, and here's the thing. If you're going to wrestle with the text, be careful that you can handle when the text starts to wrestle with you. When you start to wrestle with this, I'm telling you, it will mess up your life in a good way. And you need to be careful that as you wrestle with it, when it comes to wrestle with you, something happens. So don't don't set this book aside and allow yourself to do all the stuff that you've got an appetite for. That's foolish for me. That's foolish for you. We have to stand before him one day. And again, I say, if you're struggling to agree with it, tell him that. It can handle your scrutiny. Don't worry about that. God can handle it. Just don't ever change it. Don't ever water it down or try to change it. So we've got a trapped heart. We've got an entangled heart. God wants us to have a transformed heart. Landing this now, because I'd love us to pray a little bit this morning. Now, hear me in this. If our hearts are left unchecked, they will always go the self-presumptuous, the self-righteous way. That's the way we're designed. We're all selfish by nature, and it, it And and it'll look after its own needs and after its own interests. Now, here's a passage. Don't let this all baffle you. Let me read it slowly. I know it's a lot of text in one slide, but I wanted to put it on one. Let let me read it to you slowly. 2 Peter 2. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If indeed they have escaped the corruption of the world uh, through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, only to be entangled and overcome by it again, their final condition is worse than it was at first. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn away from the holy commandment passed on to them. Of them, the proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit and a sow to that that is washed goes back to our wallowing in the mud. Now, before we judge the dog and the sow too quickly, how many times have we returned to things that we vowed we never would? They tell they tell the story of a preacher who had a got a sow on stage. This is kind of a weird one, but he had a pit made and the pit was like muddy and wallowy, and so he gets to brings this 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 pig out of the out of the out of the mud and he washes it all and he's trying to describe this is what God does. He cleans this up, he takes us out of the mud and the mar and he washes it, and so he brings the pig out and the pig's nice and clean and he's trying to state his case and tell people this is what God does and this this big sow, I don't know why I'm walking like that. I don't know if a sow walks like that. But does you know, a sow walk like that? You know, sorry. This this sow. This sorry, it's getting a bit silly now, isn't it? I'm just tired. This sow is back into the mud because it's drawn back to that what's his nose. The dog eats something, doesn't like it, Bokes it up and then looks and thinks, well, maybe it looks all right and eats it again. Like, you know, this is this is what he said. And Peter. Peter is likening us to this. And, and you, can, you can laugh, but hey, you spat that out a long time ago. Why are you taxing them again? I had somebody in the first service actually came to me and told me they deleted something off their phone in the middle of this conversation. You spat that out a long time ago, that that always always being under the opinion of what everybody else thinks of you instead of rising to what God thinks of you. You spat that out a long time ago. Why are you going back to that? Why You spat that out a long time ago. Why are you looking that up again? You know, they tell me that the FBI and, and social services or, or um, secret services that look after money laundering and counterfeit money I, I saw this program not that long ago and I thought it was really interesting. What actually happens is to train them, you would think they would show them a counterfeit note and they would, you would show them all the little deceptions and how you would actually spot a counterfeit and they would, they would check the feel of the paper and you would, that's, that's what I thought they would do. You know what they do? They entrench them in the real thing. They actually, they overload them with real money. They overload them. They, they, they feel the real money. They look at the real. They find the detail in the real and they become so entrenched in the real that they spot the fake a mile away. God's saying, if you get the real thing, if you get the real thing, you'll spot a golden calf a mile away. You'll spot it as soon as it turns up. God, may God, the real thing, fill your heart and the new thing ruin you for the mud and the vomit that we never go back again. What am I trying to say? When God doesn't show up in time, when he doesn't do what you think he should do, don't replace him. Don't replace him. You know, in 1998, I got my first new car. It was a Volkswagen Passat. It was a firm car and and, uh, it was my first new car. And I exchanged it with an old 218 Rover, that was one of those sort of um, one of those cars that I needed. One of these, I used to push it down the road in the morning to get it to start. And um, and so I had this here in my boot, and uh, I had a I had a loads of things. I had a box, this box, and in the boot of my old car, I had a water bottle, big water thing, because it leaked water all the time. And I had a couple of little, I had a couple of little liters of oil, because it needed. The oil light would come on every now and again. I needed oil all the time. It would need topped up with water. It would need oil. It would need the jump leads. And so when I I got my new car, my new Passat, I lifted the box out of the boot of my old car and I'm putting it in the boot of my new car and one of my friends said, Phil, what are you doing? And I said, this is the box. He said, the new car's not going to need that. All the supplements that my old car needed, my new car didn't need. You see where I'm going with this? All the supplements of the old life, when God turns up in your life, you don't need them anymore. You only think you do. The enemy tries to make you believe you do. But all those old supplements, all those old water cans, all those old liters of oil, you don't need them anymore because this new thing runs because freedom sets us free. And that's what God does. And the most incredible thing about this is as a broken car needs loads of supplements, so a broken heart needs loads of those as well. And so I, I carry these jump leads in my car now. And the reason I carry them is that I, I've, I couldn't, I've lost count. I was coming up Carnegie Street um, a couple of weeks ago. This guy's bonnet up and I stopped and I, he says, flat battery. I said, don't worry. Um, and, and so I, I, I connected up the battery and then I, 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 I got him going. But I carry them too because if I park my car at the airport and I'm away for a week, who knows? could leave an inside light on, battery might go flat. What do you do when your spiritual fervor goes down? What do you do when you leave the lights on and your battery gets a bit flat? Those are dangerous times. Those are times that we tend to attach ourselves to the wrong source. Those are times that we actually think, "God's, God's not showing up doesn't feel like God's coming through the way I thought God would come through. You just need to keep your spiritual jump leads handy and you need to connect to the proper source. Now, the band's gonna come up and we're gonna pray because um, I I want us to be challenged this morning about the condition of our hearts. I want us, as we go into the summer, uh, I put this up because I, I, I dulled the others out because God wants us to have a transformed heart. He doesn't want us to have a trapped heart. He doesn't want us to have a heart that's entangled in the things of the world. He 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 wants us to to recognize the real God. And when we when we when we recognize and allow ourselves to be infiltrated with the real God, we smell the deceiver. We smell falsehood a mile away. And 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 maybe this morning you're saying, Phil, I, I've been changing the word. I've been trying to make it suit me. Or maybe this morning you're just saying, Phil, I need that transformed heart. I need that this morning. I need not to allow my heart to get trapped by the old things. I need to not allow my heart to get entangled by the things that would pull it back into the past, that would return to its vomit. God, I don't want that. I want to... So so what I'm going to do this morning, I was praying about this yesterday in the study, and I feel something. I said this in the first service. I'm saying it in this service. I feel... There's something in a step. There's something in a step. And what I'd love you to do this morning, I'd love you to move, all right? Uh, I'd love you to stand. Stand with me, would you? We're finished. We're gonna be finished in a few minutes. We're gonna sing a song in a minute. But before we do that, before we do that, the, the, the devil loves us to step over thresholds. He loves us to step back into the past. And I'm asking you this morning to make a step. And I feel there's something in the step. I feel that as you step out this morning, God, by His Holy Spirit, is going to move in your body. I'm believing that with all of my heart. Because so, everything ever I got from God, I responded to it. I got when I, when I stepped into it. I said, God, you know what? I, I, I'm stepping into this. I don't know where you're taking me. I don't know what this decade's going to hold for me. I don't know what you've been doing in my life lately. But God, I'm stepping closer. I'm stepping into, I'm, better not step off. I'm stepping into this. And so this morning, what I'd love you to do, you might just want to step out into the aisle. You might want to step up to the front. I'd love us to come and, and and move into the transformed heart this morning. That You're saying in some shape or form, God, God, would you transform my heart as I go into this summer? God, can you bind off everything that would pull me back? Can you bind me off the vomit and the mud that, that draws me back? God, can you bind me away from the golden calves that that my way instead of Yahweh God can you can you bind all that God can you transform my heart make me new in such a way this morning God that I'll be so attached I'll be so connected to the real I'll be so tuned in and connected to the real God that I'll spot the fake a mile away God that none of these things God that have ever that I've ever attached to, have ever fulfilled me. They've never made me new, God, but you make me new. And so this morning, God, in this place, in the 20 whatever it is of June, I am attaching my heart to you, God. I am connecting my spiritual jump leads to my real source, and nothing less will do. That's what we're going to say. So I'm going to pray. When I say amen, I'd love you to make your way to the front, out into the aisle somewhere and then I'm gonna pray a prayer over you. A pray a prayer that I've yeah, let's do that. God I I asked you this morning though God that you would just come and transform our hearts. Lord, Lord, forgive us for allowing our hearts to get trapped. Forgive us for allowing our hearts to get entangled things. God, forgive us for trying to find you in a relationship, even in my own identity, even in in my children, God, even in money. God, forgive me for that, God. This morning, I attach myself afresh to the real source, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, heaven of heavens. This is it for me. Nothing less will do. God, would you transform my heart in this place this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's you. Let's start making our way. Can you do that for me? Let's start making. Come on, let's do it. Let's move into this together because there's something, I'm up here, I'm standing here this morning, but there's something about allowing our hearts to be transformed into the beauty and the holiness of God this morning. And um, as we do this, we're stepping into something. God, I pray right now as these people step, God, may healing be found in their body. I pray, God, right now as these people step, into into destiny be formed in their mind. God, I pray that you would transform every entanglement. I pray, God, that you would bind every person who's enslaved or trapped in things of the past that have pulled them back. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Maybe our prayer ministry team want to filter through. Be good just to lay hands on these people, even if you're not on prayer ministry today, if you're part of our team, it might be great just to lay a hand on somebody encourage them Um, you don't need to pray with them, just allow God to do the work, but I'm praying for this to be a holy moment right now, bow your eyes bow your heads, close your eyes with me for a moment Father I pray right now that this be a, a holy moment, right now do what only you can do, God if we could have done it ourselves, we'd have done it long ago We couldn't do this ourselves, and so God, right now, in this place, we give ourselves to you, transform our hearts, we pray. God, I give you my heart. You can put it together. God, I won't run from you anymore, and I won't run back to the old things and the old cisterns, God. Today, I give you my hands, God. I give you my hands that tend to grab for things that are not of you. God, today, I give you my hands, God, for the wrong things. God, forgive me for those I pray in the name of Jesus. God, today I give you my heart. I give you my mind that wanders into dark places. I give you my mind, oh God, that runs into dark alleys and dark valleys at times. God, today I give you my sexuality. I give you my sexuality that tends to be adventurous and promiscuous at times. God, I give you my sexuality, and I pray, God, that you would come, that I would honor you in it, God. Father, I pray I give you my identity today. I pray, God, that I may be found in you today. God, I pray that I may be found in you. God, that I will be who you say I am, not who they say I am. And God, today I bind and break every lie of the golden calf. I break every lie of the things that we formed by our own hands and called it Yahweh when it was just our way. God, I say to you today, on behalf of all of these people, nothing less will do. No more facts. No more counterfeits. Nothing more but the real thing. So God, would you move? Lord, I believe that as these people have stepped today, that they've stepped into a destiny. Stepped into a future, stepped into a newness, stepped into a transformation, stepped into a new heart, stepped into something that's breaking off the old. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we declare it. In Jesus' name, we believe it today. May it be. So we're going to sing a song. Stay where you are. We're going to sing a song. We're going to give. We're going to give honor to the name of Jesus. That beautiful name. Because he has no rival, you'll hear in the song. You'll hear that he has no equal in the song. There is no one like him. And we have sing this as our closing prayer. I'll pray a short prayer over us. If our prayer ministry team are still filtering about. Continue to do that. And just lay a hand on if, if there's continued more prayer, more in-depth prayer. You need for that the prayer ministry team are at the back behind the boards and you can avail of that straight after. No problem at all. But allow yourself just to be ministered to in this place right now as we sing this song together. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk